You're listening to PlayStation Unchained. PlayStation Unchained episode 67. I know this isn't the familiar sounds of Mike Harridance right now, but uh, he can't make it this week because he is busy, you know, like real life. But he has something lining up for next week that I won't be making for anyway, so it balances itself out. But it's okay. It's fine because we, of course, have got our amazing Neil Bolt with us this week. Hello. How are you doing, Ben? I'm not too bad. A little bit better. Not that great actually the right side of my mouth is swollen up it's quite painful Oof. yeah i don't know what's caused it but the, the top of my jaw just feels <laughs> swollen got like a hospital list on yeah. this podcast <laughs> so it's been not too bad i can put up with it but it's a bit frustrating too, pain, bit of a yeah. pain. too many crumpets too many not many enough crumpets, crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> as you can hear there's our uh st- our amazing gary with us this week Hello. I'd ask how you are, but it's not. <laughs> I feel yeah. Bad. This is so... sorry. <laughs> I I currently have um food poisoning, so if I, you hear me screaming in pain, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so it's not because I'll announce more details about next Call of Duty. <laughs> that new There's probably IP. going to be a Call of Duty here. We never know. Uh, that new IP that we were talking about last week. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's getting big. Hot stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I think we'll go straight to the news because I'm going to try and make this a compressed, short podcast because there's going to be a big-ish podcast next week, which will be done by Mike Harridans. More at later on. Okay, some sad news because let's start this amazing podcast off with some depression. Um when is the Largastian coming out? Maybe never, as trademark is abandoned. This was written by C. Miller. It's one of the big questions everyone's minds. Is the Last Guardian coming out? Well, according to the United States Patent and Trademarks Office, the release date for the Last Guardian may never serve as the Sony has abandoned the trademark for the game as of February 16, 2015. This wasn't the Valentine's gift I wanted, Sony. This wasn't. <laughs> um, as everyone knows, the Last Guardian is made by T. Myco, the people behind... Shadow of the Colossus and Ico. I know, surprisingly enough. Um, it's been Everyone's been excited for this game, but it's been kept pushing back, no details, push back, no details, push back, no details, and there's been nothing about it. Um, it's very hard to keep excited for a game you don't really know anything about. Um, Neil, are you looking forward to possibly being sad that maybe there's no Last Guardian? <laughs> Am I looking forward to being sad? <laughs> I'm always looking forward to being sad. The Lastest Guardian is no more. Uh, it's almost as sad as the end of Ico and Shadow of Colossus combined. It's yeah. just... Yeah. It, it, uh, there's definitely no Last Guardian now. Yeah, well, it, it's happened before they've dropped the trademark and picked it up again. It's the fact they've not really shown anything, despite keep promising that, oh, no, we are still working on it. Honest, uh, but, you know, they wanted to be honest. They could just say, here's some screenshots. You know, here's a little bit of it, the early build of on PS4 for you to have a look at but they never show it so yeah it's seeming horribly likely like they've canned it and maybe they should in some ways because of the expectations that would just be unreal 
for what it is. But please be excited. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what do you think of this last Guardian news? Um, I'm actually not very surprised by this news. Um, I think we've talked about this on a couple podcasts. Um, I've always said that um, I think when they were making The Last Guardian, they realized what they wanted to do, they couldn't do on the PS3. So they completely shifted development for PS4. And I also remember mentioning that when they reveal the game again, it's probably not going to be what it once was. It's yeah. going to look like a completely different game. And that's what I think is going to happen here. It might even get a new title since they dropped the, yeah. they abandoned the trademark. The Forever Guardian, because that's the development cycle. <laughs> I remember someone talking about that though, saying that you know, changing the title would be a good way to distance themselves from the hype and the uh, disappointment you'd had under that, because that name's a joke now, in a way in the same way as yeah, I mean, Forever it, it helped for Square Enix instead of releasing it as Versus 13 just rename it to 15 yeah. there you go because yeah. uh... <laughs> that became a joke too yeah. well, Dane would disagree because he gets less <laughs> lightning this way but <laughs> uh, I should talk about that later actually um, anyway enough about Last Guardian let's talk about a game that's coming out this week in fact who knows by the time you listen to this it might already be out which it might mm -hmm. be if you live in North America so future past uh, the Order 1886 brothel scene is suitably seedy by Michael Harris. So of course he'll know this part <laughs> you, oh, oh you Mike um the old 1886 brothel scene has surfaced online for you to feast your eyes on, which I'm not going to watch because I want to keep it. I don't want spoilers because it's a story-based game. Uh, but you can look online on PSU.com or YouTube probably. Needless to say, it's a mature-rated content, and most definitely not the sort of thing you want to be watching on your computer at work, which probably Mike would have done anyway. Well, he works at home, so. Uh, uh, but, oh, the YouTube version's been taken down. It's that bad. Wow. Uh, Gary, are you excited? For this scene, I'm I'm always excited for brothels, man. Every game needs a brothel, <laughs> a brothel and snow. Those are my two things. Every a game snowy needs brothel. Yeah. I don't even care if it's like Ratchet and Clank. You know, I want a brothel. <laughs> yeah, as Neil said, a snowy brothel. A How snowy about brothel. That? That'd be great. There you go. That's even better. With a phone party. <laughs> I think it's it's interesting. I mean, we haven't actually heard or even. Uh, Ready at Dawn never even hinted at anything like it, and then here comes this video out of nowhere. So it's interesting. We'll see. I haven't watched it like you, Ben. I'm going to just wait until I get the game. I haven't watched or read any news on that game for like four months now. I've I've seen the trophies, but that's about it. Uh, I was, yeah, because I just want to experience it for myself. Yeah. yeah. There's no, by the way, there's no spoilers in the trophies at all, Gary. That's yeah, good. There's no story <laughs> trophies at all. Literally, is to collect stuff and beat the game. There's no difficulty <laughs> trophies either. Sweet. So, yeah. I hate difficulty trophies. Those are the worst. Yeah. They're the most forced trophy, trophy going. And it's just... That's literally yeah. the only thing I spoiled myself with was the trophy list. I thought... And then I'll probably get some other trophies by playing the game anyway. I'll probably unlock Uncharted somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharted 4 trophies on the walking from Ben. Ah. Yeah, the wonderful curse. Yeah. Neil, are you excited for this this news? Oh, I don't know. I've yeah, uh, no, the brothel thing sounds lovely itself. <laughs> the order, yeah, yeah. it's uh, not been nice to see the things being said about it today. So it's uh, 
Well, yeah. I've planned the stream the entire game, so. Well, <laughs> I can make a joke that it probably wouldn't last you very long, <laughs> but <laughs> according to the internet, so yeah, I go ahead. You can probably do it in your lunch break. Hey, sometimes a short bit of fun is more enjoying than a long, oh, yes. long romp. Yes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it. It's how much content you get in that romp is yeah. the main yeah. thing. Yeah. And while we're talking about amazing and stuff like that, um, Ready at Dawn talks PSP to PS4 transition. Because, you know, that's the standard thing people talk about, you know. PSP, <laughs> PS4 version, yeah. It says an eyeball texture is bigger than all the memory a PSP can hold. This is again by Michael Harrod, as he sure does love that auto news. Uh, Ready at Dawn has described how the studio uh, found transition from PlayStation Portable development to working with PlayStation 4 with its hotly anticipated adventure title, The Order. Um, our last major team focus on the PSP, so went from something that was smaller in scope to something that's massive in scope. It's been a huge, huge scaling issue for us. Everything we do is now just bigger. For example, an eyeball texture is now bigger than all the memory the PSP can hold. <laughs> When you think about that, well, that's quite a big deal, but it's only a very small part of a bigger picture. We have logical issues going bigger. But what we want to do for our new game was very story-driven, and it leads itself to being on a couch. I don't know if it means you or the game, because that'd be a bit awkward having the game on a couch. <laughs> also, the eyeball, that's one random thing to point out. Oh, look at that toenail. That's got more textures in it than that PS Game Boy can do. Is it made out of PSPs? That, oh, that'd be amazing. That, that could be the final <laughs> boss in the game, just an eyeball of PSPs. Oh, you, you just spoiled the ending now. <laughs> <laughs> All leftover PSPs from that one. Yeah, left in stock. <laughs> and then the sequel's Order of Dawn, 1888, where the Vita comes back to life as a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> I have no games. Eat my games. <laughs> Eat all of my games. Uh, now come on the Vita has plenty of games it's... that's what I mean it, it comes back as on me and starts attacking the haters that think it has no games by using the games feel my indie game wrath oh <laughs> uh, god this is why I don't host much <laughs> <laughs> well it's fine it's a nice and casual <laughs> uh, Neil what what do you think about this eyeball Vita a PSP sorry texture Oh, yeah, it shows how far we've come since, what, that's like 2006, you know, the, the um, PSP came out. So, yeah, and that was, what, just below a PS2's capabilities. Yeah, it makes sense that it would be Well, about, it, I think so. the CPU was actually, and the, the CPU and the memory was actually better than the PS2. Yeah, it probably was, yeah, marginally, I'd imagine. But, yeah, still, you know, a long, long way we've come right. since then. So, yes, it's... Uh, it's nice, but you know, as long as they make a good game out of it too. Let's, uh... Gary, what do you think of these eyeball Vitas? I mean PSPs. I don't know why I keep calling it Vita. <laughs> it's a bit more be. impressive actually, to be honest, than the Vita than a PSP. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it's actually pretty cool. I mean, already at dawn, obviously they made a, a couple of games on the PSP, the two God of War games, in particular, which. On the PSP, you looked phenomenal. They kind mm. of rivaled the the PS2 games in a way. Um, so seeing what they can uh, accomplish just with eyes, it kind of really shows you the difference in power that yeah. that we have now. They really should make a Vita game. That would be amazing. I wonder because they were I think about... I think Ready at Dawn. Oh, carry on. 
I was going to say, I think Ready at Dawn kind of deserves to start making console games because they made some very successful handheld games. And I'm actually kind of happy that they're going out and doing uh, full-fledged AAA titles now because I think they deserve it. They're a good studio. Yeah, I think it would be a good testing platform, the order, for them to sort of branch out properly. I think there'll be faults with it. Yeah. They'll, they'll learn from it. I think Sony will give them a chance to learn from it as well. But yeah, I just find it interesting. I know there were PSP developers, the fact they were comparing PSP to PS4. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of really, 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 really early old build of the order that was actually a PSP game. Or a Vita game, maybe. Yeah. Or a Vita game, you know, just a, a first design build before they actually got permission to actually make it on console. Yeah. You know, Especially as they know how many, yeah, textures are in an eyeball. <laughs> uh, this is the story this week that actually really excited me. I thought this was really amazing. I'm not joking. This was one of the, my highlights for the week. How to play PS4 games with 3D printed NES style cartridges. Uh, children, uh, this was done by Simon Sayers. Children of the 80s ever wanted to play PS games with a major retro twist? Well, if you have the skills, then you could follow in the footsteps of this clever molder who has transformed his PS4 into a machine that gra- accepts great NES-style cartridges. Uh, Modder Z- Frank Zayo Zaho, says he did it for the lols using the 3D printing, printing software Ultimaker to make cartridges well, tinkering around with the hard drive to come up with the inspired designs. He even created authentic-looking 8-bit art tiles for such as Grand Theft Auto 5 and Need for Speed Rivals. Uh, each game is stored on a SATA hard drive housed within the cartridge. A SATA drive reader was then installed on the PS4 motherboard. Plug the cartridge into the custom-built slot on the PS1. Hey, presto, it reads the data and boots up the game. So, yeah. You, too, can now spend hours blowing into the bottom of cartridges to play games. <laughs> uh, which uh, would probably damage them more than actually helps because of the warm-up, of course. But still, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I say... <laughs> So yeah, as much as I love my nostalgia and going back to that day, those days of having to blow into cartridges and turn things upside down, I don't really think I'd bother doing that. But <laughs> with it. it's nice though; it's quite a nifty little thing. But yeah, ultimately, one of those things you do with a bit too much free time, I'd imagine. Well, and money. I wish I'd. Done. If I had the money, yeah. I would do it. I'll admit yeah, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, if I had a free print, I'd be making everything possible. So <laughs> it's the fun of it. If I had the money, I would so do it. What about you, Gary? What would you want your PlayStation Nintendo Entertainment System? Uh, not necessarily, no. But I think it's a cool idea. And the fact they executed it is even more impressive. Mm. Uh, but for me, if I can't bow into the cartridge to get the game to work, I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that matters when you have a cartridge like that. Yeah, that's it. It's <laughs> the lifeblood of a cartridge. That was like 10% of your gaming back then. Blowing. <laughs> For, Fallating. <laughs> and then they'd be very happy and start playing for you. Oh, yes. I mean, you, you try to get the cartridge to work by blowing into a longer for longer periods of time than most of those games lasted anyway. <laughs> you just do it like a rhythmic motion as well. Just go... <laughs> <laughs> so to see if it would make it work any better. Get the little Q-tips out, try to yeah. clean it that way. Oh. And you have to it, blow yeah. up and down as well slowly, just to make sure. That's it. <laughs> it's when you start tonguing it, you know you got a problem. Uh, well, you got to make sure you get all the dust out. <laughs> you don't want a dusty awesome. slot. Uh, this is what happens when Mike's not in charge. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, I must admit I do like the idea, and if I had the money, I would do it myself. I would get us. I'd buy a second PS4 because you know my PS4 is already cursed enough as it is. It doesn't need more. <laughs> yeah, you may as well just get a new one anyway. Yeah, I don't know why you're still using that thing. It's spreading its disease to yeah. all of us. <laughs> it's infecting the PlayStation Network now. It's that broken. We're going to have to miniaturize ourselves and get to the heart of your PlayStation and destroy it. <laughs> In case anyone wants to know. It's like Skynet. Yeah. Skynet has begun in Ben's PS4. <laughs> In case anyone wants to know, a couple, uh, was it last week? Yes. Yeah, last week up. I said the fact that my trophies for Transistor were being unlocked by me playing Rogue Legacy. I had the Rogue Legacy icon as well. Uh, but it seems, since I said this in a podcast, Gary's had that issue, haven't you? But with yes, a different I have. Game. Yeah, uh, with a different game. Yeah, with a different game. And a few other people have also reported this issue since yes. I mentioned it. <laughs> yes, I had it too today. So. Oh, Neil's got it as well. See, it's spreading <laughs> slowly like a virus. <laughs> all, all I know is that what causes it is if you download two games at the same time, Mm. Then I guess the code gets interacted and messed up. Yeah, mine was weirder though because it was Minecraft and Resident Evil, and it's like and they were like months apart. Weird. Yeah. So. I've infected all the games now. It seems it's just it, <laughs> it's, evolving. <laughs> it's evolving. It's <laughs> evolved. It's the two point update, is what it is. <laughs> what the chili two point that, That's what a lot of people have been reporting is causing it. If you're yeah. starting to download two games at once, yeah, is what causes it mostly. So make sure you download one at a time. To be honest, you'll de- play them faster anyway, being the fact how slow PSN is anyway. It's probably bad. Which is good. This is this is good because now you can play an easy game and unlock trophies for a super hard game. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm and hoping. I get the um... trophy that way. Yeah, I've got, I've got the trophy for beating Transistor's final boss. And I haven't even got killed the first one yet. <laughs> it's a ding. Trophy unlocked. So I'm hoping I get that Resident Evil Ghost Mode trophy just by playing through Minecraft. It'd be great. <laughs> there you go. How oh, did you platinum that? I didn't even play it. <laughs> just platinum itself for me. Ghost I mean, game. I could, but you know. It's like, I could. If I made it easier, it's all done better. Uh, anyway, let's go to some Final Fantasy news. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 demo will be streamed live next week. Uh, this was by Michael Harridans. Uh, Square Enix, he's been a busy boy. Uh, Square Enix has advanced plans to stream a walkthrough of the upcoming Final Fantasy 15 demo next Friday, February 20th, which I'll be sat here watching, that's for certain. The broadcast <laughs> will be cover the complete demo and includes a basic rundown of controls and game progression. The stream will go live at 3am PST. I'm not sure what time that is GMT, but I'll have a look sometime. As previously confirmed, the playable teaser will ship with the PS4 and Xbox One title Final Fantasy Type 0 HD next month. So if you can take yourself away from the order next Friday, it's well worth a look, which for this I will. Um... Gary, I know you're a Final Fantasy fan. Are you looking forward to this streaming of the demo? I am not looking forward to the stream. I actually think doing the stream is a very bad idea. Um, the reason is, let's face it, I think a lot of people buying Type-0 are buying it to get this demo. Mm. Um, yeah. And to kind of to kind of spoil the entire demo before the, like, two weeks, three weeks before the game even comes out, like you just said, they're gonna show everything that's in the demo, and I think that's a really bad idea on their part. It's kind of bad marketing in a way. Yeah, it's but pretty bad, really. Uh... Yeah, because I I know in particular, like I'm a I, I'm still gonna play Type Zero, but I want that demo really badly. 
bought, I'm buying the collector's edition of Type Zero just to make sure I get the demo. And don't be surprised when people sell their demo on eBay for like 30, 40 bucks and people will buy it. Yeah, they will. Because people bought the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo that came with Zone of the Enders, if you remember that. Yeah. People sold that demo online for like $30 and people bought it. I was honestly not one of the people that bought it. Honest. <laughs> I bought I bought Final Fantasy Ever Children from Japan just so I could get a demo of Final Fantasy 13. Uh... I'm not joking, I imported it from Japan just so I could get the 13 demo. Yeah, especially when they said that the demo can last you up to 10 hours if you do everything in it. That's like pretty much an entire game in itself. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to stream the entire demo, and that's like 10 hours from what they said, you know, I, I to me it's just a bad marketing thing to show off the whole demo. My idea of them showing the whole demo is showing you know, the actual demo. Well, yeah. the actual demo has exploration in it, so what they're going to do is show, you know, A to B to C to D. But there won't be any, you know, you won't be able to see all of the areas. Yeah, if you understand what I mean, they're just going to speed run the demo, probably. Yeah. It feels oh, like hopefully, a... because yeah. reviewing the whole thing is bad. Yeah, if it was like a first hour thing, it would make more sense. Like... Unless they end the, end the stream going, oh... And anything, and certain items you unlock in the demo will transfer over to the retail game. Mm, yeah, I mean it's more of a thing these days. It's yeah. like Ground Zeroes has got that to a degree. So for Metal Gear, yeah, I only bought Ground Zeroes so I could get the piece, yeah, the <laughs> freaking base. <laughs> I just got Ground Zeroes because it was awesome. So was oh, I got it. it for that as well. I love Metal Gear, <laughs> but that's one thing that sold me it. Yeah, it's definitely one of the major things of it, just to have it. So, oh. when we get to use them, we don't know. But yeah. Yeah. Neil, are you looking forward to this stream? Only in the sense I want to have a look at it properly. It's like, and I'm not going to buy a game I don't care about just to get a demo. No, I'll buy my demo separately. You know? <laughs> no, no yeah, I, yeah, I will just have a look at it because as I said before. I'll share that with you. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. There you go. Easy. There you go. Sorry, Square. Okay, I'm not going to pay exorbitant prices. There's some guy on eBay now. That's... Well, I say that depends on if share plays available. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. This way, as I said, it's the first time in a while I've been intrigued by Final Fantasy again. So I'd definitely be having a look at it just to get the gist, so to speak. Because you know, the trailers look really good. And it just looks phenomenal. I mean, Okay, well, we're gonna we're gonna stop for a second here, and we're gonna go over to Stephen Williamson uh, with his interview with some guy that I'm gonna probably say wrong, and I hope I don't annoy and kill our relationship with the company. Um, Fad Sasser, Sasser from Visual Ga- Vis- oh, God, I can't say words today. <laughs> Visceral Games, um, the Vis- team Visceral, Visceral. team behind Battlefield Hardline. I can't say words. <laughs> um, uh, he's, he, speak, he says he speaks around the round table and he asks me to introduce it in the podcast and pause for a second so he can do a bit of a speech so we're going to pause for a second so Stephen the good man and boss of us all can do a bit of a speech with the Battlefield guides I hope you enjoy and here we go I've been enjoying the beta, the bank job map. I think it highlights the uh, the cops and robbers theme superbly. Uh, 
though it's a small map, it's got a lot of depth. There's there's lots of different routes that open up different strategies. You know, with the underground areas, rooftops, car parks, corridors, staircases, and there's a, a real attention to detail in the interiors. Is that a theme we can expect to see throughout the other maps? It's sort of smaller areas that smaller areas than we're, we're used to from the Battlefield franchise, but with more routes to objectives and the enemy. Absolutely, that's that's something we focused on. One of the things about having a smaller area, of course, is that it's, it's quicker to traverse. It's quicker to get back into the battle. And I don't want to, by any means, indicate that all our maps are small or anything like that. We mm -hmm. still have the classic battlefield scope of huge maps down to tiny maps. But we've shifted the focus of many of these maps to a shorter engagement range, uh, more of a medium engagement range, that 20 to 30 meter range, as opposed to the 100 to 200 meter range, which you quite often get in some of the larger outdoor maps in Battlefield 4, for example. So we've intentionally kind of shifted the focus to be a little bit more personal. And uh, I, we feel that that moves it away from the military realm and more into the cops and robbers realm uh, a little bit more squarely. Yeah. I mean, I mean I've noticed, it only takes seconds before like you're involved in the action. Um, yes. I mean, it's not as... I wouldn't say it's as fast as hectic as uh, a Call of Duty game, but I've seen a lot of people compare it to Counter-Strike. Uh, are you happy with that comparison? Uh, happy about being compared to one of the most popular shooters <laughs> yeah. of all time? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Good. Um, th there was a concern amongst some players in the beta that hacker mode is, is so effective for someone who knows how to use it well that um, stealth play and certain strategies that players would, would perhaps normally adopt are, are going to be stunted. Do you, do you think that's a fair point? Absolutely. I mean, we're always looking for that kind of feedback, and we've already reacted to some of that feedback. For example, uh, the person in charge of designing the hacker feature has already reduced the effectiveness of the spotting mechanic. I don't know if you've used hacker, but the spot right now is very situational and very limited when you start off playing, and yeah. it gets more powerful as you rank up. So what we've done is we've reduce the amount of power you get for ranking up on that, so that even at the high levels of play, it's still very much a, kind of a micro-mechanic as opposed to a macro-mechanic where I drop these four things and the whole map's covered. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because that was one thing that I spotted on, on someone else's video, actually, where uh, it was showing how the radius sort of ends up covering the whole map. So that's not going to yep. be a part of the, uh, the final game. That's correct. We've already addressed that. Fantastic. I wanted to ask about hotwire mode and... and one thing I'd like to see uh, is a camera viewpoint that lets you see out the back window. Um, yes. I think that, that would come in handy. Is, is that something that you're looking at? or? Absolutely. We've heard a lot of requests, actually, for different camera actions because of Hotwire. The ability to rotate the camera slightly on the car or tilt it up and down or to have a rear-view camera. Those are things we'd like to support. Obviously, we run into a little bit of problem with mapping buttons on the controller. We're kind of out of buttons. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll, we've got some clever people. We're going we're gonna to put some thought against it and see what we can come up with. So obviously for uh, fast vehicles, you need good roads. And that means good signposting, good what we call ridge lines, which are lines that draw the player's uh, line of sight to the obvious exit or the obvious entrance, and reducing the amount of frustrating collision in the world, making more things destructible or getting cars to pass over physics objects more easily. Obviously, this is something we're still working on, we're still tuning, we're still trying to improve, but these are very important factors when it comes to level design. For example, making sure that when you've got jumps into and out of a parking lot, that they actually kind of align and you can, you can drive a nice clean line between these spots. 
I don't know how much uh, driving you guys got to do in the beta, but even even I, uh, over the course of playing, I don't know how many, 15, 20 hours of Dust Bowl Hotwire, I learned new paths and new routes that the level designers had specifically created for awesome vehicle experiences. And I think uh, those kinds of considerations are super important when it comes to, to vehicles in particular. Have we seen all the vehicles uh, available to us in the beta? Or no, sir, you have not. Surprises? We Can still you... have a couple surprises for you. I, I'll talk about one of them, just yeah. one. We have speedboats. You've probably seen those in some of the promos for Riptide, uh, our um, Miami uh, offshore Miami map. And uh, these boats are cool. They, they add a change of pace. They're armed, so they're powerful when used properly. But they're also tricky, you know, because of the waves and because of the fact that there's no cover on the water. So they add an interesting new dynamic uh, that you've probably, you know, you've experienced before in Battlefield 4, but it's different in Hardline. Yeah. So I think, and besides that, we, we may have a couple surprises for you. <laughs> Do you think new players to the franchise are going to adjust to the quickest speed of Hardline? I think they'll feel right at home. Uh, I don't think the quicker speed hits you in the face like a, like a wow, this is, this is uh, if you don't have any previous Battlefield experience, I don't think you'll notice it too much. I think you'll be like, wow, these cars, these cars are cool and they're fun. And while the, the player engagements are quick and I don't have a lot of downtime, I think that's what new players will pick up on. What, is there one specific thing that you've picked up from the feedback from the beta that, that you're looking to address as a priority? I mean, yes. what, 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 what's the burning thing that's, uh, that's going to be addressed? For me, for me, the biggest thing is damage feedback, and this is connecting the loop for both players on foot and in vehicles. There's sometimes a lack of notification when you take a damage, and you don't know that you're wounded or you don't know that you're damaged. Yeah. And this is, this is something we really want to address. I think it's particularly a problem in vehicles where you could be down at like you know, 27% health but not even realize it, and then you feel like you get one-shotted. You're like, wait, wait, that was one shot? That's not cool. But if you were to rewind it and watch it, you'd be like, oh, no, yeah, actually I was really damaged. I just didn't know. So I think this is one of the big things that we're really focused on fixing is improving that feedback loop between the player's health state and the damage he's taken. Is there one specific feature in multiplayer that you think players are really going to enjoy? Well, I think it depends on what type of player you are. If you uh, really like harassing other players, I think a lot of players are going to have a good time with the stun gun. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the montages people put together with this thing, but uh, it, could be, it could be pretty amusing for players. Uh, I also think that players are going to enjoy the mobility gadgets I, I brought up, like uh, the zipline in particular is very easy to use and can be used in all kinds of places. You can even shoot other players with it for kind of the laughs. So uh, hopefully these two gadgets really resonate with new players. And I think that over time, as these players become more acclimated to the game, they'll find themselves intrigued by ideas like sabotage and some of the other new gameplay mechanics we've got in the game, like the, the new melee weapons and so on.
Uh, can you give us some examples or strategies of, of where the gadgets uh, can be used most effectively? Um, Absolutely. Specifically, one of, one of my probably like the, sorry, after you. No, no, go ahead. I'd say like specifically probably referring to uh, the zip line, grappling hook. I mean, I've seen it already used in some interesting ways. How, how, would, you, how would you use it? I'll give you some examples from, from recent play, actually. Um, you guys, if you've played the bank job map, you know that getting the bag up to the roof uh, yeah. can be a really valuable proposition for the criminals if they do it before the police get set up. If you get up to the roof and you can zip line and you're, one of your escape points is either B or A, A's on top of the roof of the parking garage and B's down the street in front of the cop's spawn point, if you can get up there and zip line to the escape point, you have a much better shot at getting away clean than you do if you try to hoof it there on foot because your movement speed is so much faster. Mm-hmm. Also, because of the fact that you're traversing horizontally instead of having to go down the staircase and out the door and into the street and across and over and in and all that, it's basically like the crow flies. It's a straight line, and away you go. You're right at the point within 10 seconds of, of jumping on the zip line. It's a highly effective strategy if they're not expecting it. And that's, that's kind of a, a key point here is that if they're expecting the strategy, there are ways to counter these strategies. The zip line is not an overpowered thing. You could shoot the line. You could shoot the player. My favorite is to wait till the guy's almost across and then shoot the line and have him fall to his death. That's pretty amusing. Uh, so I, there's a lot of different ways to use this. Uh, another example is we turned on rescue in the beta servers for a couple hours on the last night of the beta. And I got to play with some of the, some of the public in rescue. And we quickly developed strategies based around the grappling hook. We're going into the bank job map. We've got to rescue the two hostages. And the first one, we're like, all right, you, equip the grappling hook. Fire it at that wall over there. We're going to race to the top. You guys go in the front door. We'll come around behind them. And we successfully did a pincher movement on them. Mm-hmm. So we did that the first round. It was great. We did the second round. They were like, wait, what's going on? And the third round, they're waiting for us at the top of the grappling rope and just killed us all. <laughs> so it, it's really interesting to see how these gadgets kind of affect the round-to-round strategy and the round-to-round play. There's a lot of emergent gameplay with these gadgets. Yeah. What's been the highlight for you during this development process? Uh, I think one of the exceptional, there have been a couple exceptional moments. One of the first exceptional moments was uh, very early in the project, probably about six to nine months after we started, we found how heist mode should work. And there was a moment where we played around, we'd, we'd been trying prototypes, we tried this, we tried that, it didn't work, this wasn't fun, this was a mess, this had too many people, this had too many objectives, this, nobody understood how to play. And we finally hit a mode of heist that's pretty close to the one we have now. We're like, yep, that's the mode. That's, that's, we need to chase that because that's fun. Let's follow that. That was pretty cool. I think one of the other moments was absolutely when we discovered how Hotwire should work. And Hotwire was something we've been chasing for a long time. It sounds super easy. Let's make a mode that's all about high-speed chases. Sounds incredibly easy, right? And immediately, immediately you go to the idea of, well, this should be an asymmetric mode, and the cops should be trying to chase the robbers, and the robbers should be trying to stop. And we went through a lot of variations, a lot of uh, different play tests and prototypes and so on. And we finally ended up with the, the version we have now, which is a little bit like uh, Conquest, but the flags are cars. And the first time we played that, we went, yep, that's the one. That was amazing. That had the most only in Battlefield moments I've ever seen in a single play session. And so I think those two moments really stood out for me in terms of development and in terms of uh, really nailing the game modes. I think that you, could, you could kind of see that reflected in the game. Well, that was exciting. <laughs> it's like a minute stands. So yeah, there we go. I hope you enjoyed that Battlefield Hardline information and discussion and chat with the Steven and... I was very informed. And Sasa, yeah, I was totally informed as well. (laughs) It blew me away with those facts. So Um, just to speed them out, you know, just one after the other, I couldn't keep up. Yeah, it's just like, wow, boom, 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 headshot, headshot, 360 MLG. (laughs) I especially like the part about them saying you can ride elephants. It was just mad. 
I heard, what about that part where you heard about the police fish AI? You're not <laughs> fish, but police fish police AI. Fish. Well, you know what it is. They're trying to get a cod in the game before cod gets a cod in the game. So they're not stealing my goldfish. Um... They are. They heard it. See, told you. Someone was going to take that idea if you didn't get it oh. trademarked. Damn. Well, it was already trademarked technically because you know it's from what's your earthworm gym. But still. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on from that amazing interview with the the, the fad sasser. The guy from Visceral. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Thank you for for taking your time to having a bit of a chat with Stephen. It was it was nice. Okay, we're going to go to our reviews. Rollers of the Realm, PS Vita review. A unique tale on, unique take on the typical RPG. This was by Gary, I think. I, I can't quite tell. I'm not sure with these names anymore. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says, I've always been a fan. Oh, I might as well go straight to the review score. Wait for a second. This is my fault for not clicking it first. He gave it a 6.0. Uh, the final word, the rollers of the realm, doesn't succeed in everything it sets out to do, but it's a valiant attempt to marry the worlds of RPG and pinball together. Great sound and music, pinball mechanics work well, each character's pinball is unique and plays differently. We dislike the cheap deaths due to cluttering enemies, the story jumps around every chapter, most maps are open and barren. I've got one question, Gary. I've got just one small question that's nagging, back of my head. Okay. Pinball and RPG, really? Yeah. Well, it is a pinball RPG. It's got all the RPG elements, and pretty much the combat system is a pinball game. Wow. I just don't even... <laughs> My brain. I... Yeah, it's it, it's it's weird, but they, I, I give them credit for trying it. I, I actually did enjoy the game uh, for, you know, the beginning at least, and then the game just got just super difficult because you have this tiny little pretty much table or map is what I'll call it. And it's like filled with like 10 enemies and you try to move, you know, the ball around and you just get it bounced back right to you instantly. So you're sitting there tapping the L and R buttons repeatedly until hopefully you kill the enemies or die. I guess you didn't grind enough. If you didn't grind it, I don't know. (laughs) You could grind. You could grind. Uh, Pretty much the way the experience points works in that game is you share your EXP between the entire party and it levels up the party level, and uh, it unlocks pretty much a new gear that you can buy. Is how the EXP works in that game. Ah, so. Sounds like a game. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm thinking <laughs> it right. Sounds now. like a game. It does sound good though. No, no it it is fun if you can get past some of those issues. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds brave at least uh, to try something different. And... Yeah. Even if, you know, on one side it does sound and seem more like a, a heavily themed pinball set of tables. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's worth a, you know, worth a little bit of a inspired change in RPG and pinball genres, I suppose. So. Yeah. But when will we see a first-person shooter, RP, uh, first-person shooter pinball game? It's Call of Duty, isn't it? Well, you play the... The, the th- yeah, the what's it, the bouncers and stuff like that. <laughs> Multiplayer. Oh, uh, you know, you know how that would work. You have the first person view of the ball. <laughs> oh, good luck seeing sick. the bumpers behind you. <laughs> you're sick. <laughs> People would be having epileptic fits. It's a light that goes off in their face. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. Play that thing with Project Morpheus, man. You're, you're golden. Okay, <laughs> the floor rolling up. Our special, our special like kill. Stri- 
point streaks where you get like double balls and stuff like that. His screen just splits. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't cause a seizure, I don't know what. <laughs> Okay, we'll go to our next review now that we've gone a bit crazy. To Game of Thrones Episode 2, The Lost Lords by Neil Boat. Neil Boat. Yeah. <laughs> Boat. <laughs> uh, the final word, the, last Lord, the Lost Lords carries on the overarching plotline of the series by sowing the seeds of doubt and intrigue for the future without having a truly striking moment of its own. Once seen as part of the whole, this episode will probably come across better, but for now, it remains a rather flashy piece of filler. I hate filler. Uh, it gives six point. He gave it six point five. Uh, compliments the shows wonderfully. Established some interesting story threads. Choices are still as tough as ever. Uh, we dislike. It's a filler episode, a fumbled finale, and contains the worst voice acting in a tell game to date. Almost like my podcasting skills right now. <laughs> I don't know. It was some pretty bad voice acting. Just like uh, you. I don't know if anyone's familiar with like Game of Thrones anyway on this, but. You know, all the voice work and all the actors in Game of Thrones, you know, they fit this sort of mould of, you know, the way they speak, the way they do things. And But there's one person's accent near the end of the game sounded Australian, and it just was jarringly weird against everything else. It didn't sound like it belonged in Game of Thrones. Like that. And, yeah, it was just jarring. And then the scene after that, which is technically the finale, was just a bit drab. And because, you know, episode one had, really good finale and it's you know set it up nicely i mean i gave episode one nine out of ten because it was just it felt so much like the show and the way they did everything and the way they delivered that ending but yeah as i said in the review and you just said there it's very much an episode setting things up that are coming down the line and obviously when you're doing it episode by episode that's all nice and good but you've got to wait a couple of months before you get to that stage uh, it's it's good in its own way. It's nice enough, but yeah, if it was a one-off thing, you wouldn't be buying it. I think. And Gary, do you, do you like the Game of Thrones series? I do like the I like the TV show. I haven't read the books. Uh, I do like the TV show very much. Yes. I've never actually watched um, the TV show, so. Yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's a really good show. Um. But as far as the game goes, I when games like that come out, the episodic ones, I just wait until they're all out and just buy the bundle. But yeah, you know, I have a question for you though, Neil. Do you feel like with all these games Telltale is making, do you feel they're like biting off more than they can chew? Yeah, because they're not addressing the fundamental problems with their engine. First of all, mm-hmm. the fact that still there are problems with the game. Like I went to replay the episode. Um, back through after review and you know you had textures popping out there was a scene early on where there's a bunch of bodies around and they were all blacked out so there was no text on them so there's a guy in the scene and everything around him was blacked out and it's like little things like that little weird popping in and out mm-hmm. so it's stuff that's in every single telltale game and they just don't seem to fix it because they work so cheaply i think it's i think everyone sort of knows that with telltale the engine they use is you know cheap to make cheap to run hence they can get games out on them quickly make a decent profit on them uh, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah they saying about doing a new ip you know of their very own soon so maybe that's when they'll sort of unleash a, a new engine 
to do stuff on. But at the minute, yeah, they are sort of grinding it right down to the grindstone <laughs> with the way it is. Yeah, I think my problem with Telltale right now is that they're so random with everything they do. Like, they announce a release date for one of their episodes, like, two, three days before the episode comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that's terrible. Like, there's no marketing. There's nothing like that. And yet, then they release, like, an episode to a game, like uh, Tales from Borderlands. And then they announce Game of Thrones after that. And then we now have two episodes of Game of Thrones. And we haven't heard a single thing about episode two oh, of Tales from Borderlands. We know episode two will have Scooter. <laughs> well, I haven't seen or heard anything since the first issue came out. For uh, that. They they announced a bit of PAX South. Um, about... But see, but see that that's the thing. Like, why is it taking them so long to finish that one when they already have two episodes of Game of Thrones out? Yeah, I, I know. I want episode two. Damn it! In fact, didn't Borderlands come out just before Game of Thrones as well? I thought they came. They out came the out same... like two months before Game of Thrones. No, I'm sure they came out at the same time. I think it's like a week, sure? couple of weeks difference, but yeah, I'm, still, sure, I'm, sure I'm sure it was they, the first. I'm sure they're both the same day, really, pretty much. Mm. Yeah, so it's like why can't they be done? Yeah. To, to me, I feel like Game of Thrones, or not Game of Thrones, Telltale has been making these games for a while now with Sam and Mags, Back to the Future, but they weren't really that popular. And then I think what really helped them was to get a license like The Walking Dead, which mm. at the time was pretty much the biggest TV show on TV. That's it. And being given free reign to do what they want with it by the creator as well. Yeah, and I think that's what really elevated them. And I think, personally, I think it's really gone to their head. Um, because now they got the Game of Thrones license, and obviously they're kind of fumbling with it from your reviews and from what you've said. Yeah, I think um, it'll get better. But it's just at the minute, it's... You know how it is in every Telltale game? There's a, an episode that... If you take it on its own, it just doesn't feel right. You know, it yeah. doesn't do anything in particular. It's just there to make up the rest of the story. And you think that you could just probably branch one half of that into one episode and one half into another to make two better episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but to me, it's starting to feel more like a visual novel than any kind <laughs> of interactive game. Very much so in Game of Thrones. I just I remember in the review for the first episode that it felt like there was less interaction. It was like, I know Game of Thrones is very dialogue heavy and that's your gameplay effectively is, you know, sparring with people from the show and knowing what they're like and sort of thinking, well, what would I say to them like that? That's your game there. But yeah, the action is very light when you compare it. I think I played episode one about the same time I was playing season two of The Walking Dead and the difference in action was ridiculous. It's just, you know, there was loads in season two of Walking Dead and very little in Game of Thrones. Well, if you want just, action, then I recommend the Borderlands because there is a lot of that action in that. Yeah. It's like, uh, I wonder with the Minecraft thing, it's like, where are they going to find any real interaction there? It's like, well, it's, it's, that's going to be the fun thing on that one, just finding out how the hell they're going to do that. Well, they could do anything they want. It's Minecraft. Hmm. But it's like, if you're going to sell it to Minecraft fans, you've got to go a certain way, surely. And it's like, if you're not, and you're going for people that don't care about Minecraft, it's like, yeah, screw you away, I think, with that one. I, see, I, I personally think they're just hurting their audience. I mean, it took them so long to finish The Wolf Among Us. Mm. Like, I remember when The Wolf Among Us, you know, they released the first three issues, and then the first, the fourth one was coming out, but yet nobody knew what was happening. Mm. It got to the point where people thought it was cancelled. 
Yeah. It was I remember reading a lot of news about that. Yeah, Walking Dead for season one was much like that. The final episode took forever to come out. I think there was a, the third episode was the same. It just, and you know, of course, the first time we had this with the episode of gaming with them, and it was like, well, when is it coming? It's like, oh, you yeah, know, when when it happens. So it's nuts like that. Yeah, I don't, to me personally, I think they need to finish one game first and then move on to the next one, not juggle three at the same time. Yeah, because. It's, the identity is good yeah, they do good things with the source material they get but at the heart of every game now it's pretty much uh, getting a bit too samey it's like this episode of Game of Thrones did feel more like your traditional telltale whereas I don't know the first episode did feel different enough it was because it was so entrenched in the what is it um yeah you know, The Wolf Among Us, like I said before, I think, it's the fact that it's based on an actual character in an actual comic book that you didn't really feel as connected to Bigby in that game as you did with, say, Clementine and Lee in The Walking Dead because they were made-up characters added to a, with no history. So, you know, you could you know, project yourself onto them. So, whereas, and you'd think that would be the problem in Game of Thrones, but because they give you nobodies to be up against established people knowing you haven't got a hope in hell uh, for ever coming out of it well it's like that's the hook with that game with this series like but I don't know, it's, it's, it happens less in this episode yeah it's a shame I wonder if we can think of a Tales, Tales game that they'll make next I told you it's going to be Doctor it should be Doctor Who it's easy. Oh, Doctor Who would be amazing but you know it makes too much sense yeah, well, if Life is Strange hadn't beat them to it with the whole time traveling episode yeah. game, it's uh, well, you know, I, Life is Strange is a bit different than Doctor Who because you don't really go back in time that much. No, change. but it just proves it could be done. Yeah, you know, in a way. No, I, I wouldn't mind them doing another comic book one. I think mm. Batman or even Constantine would be pretty good for them to do. Yeah, I think I said um, in an article a while back that if they did a Batman one based more on Gordon or a detective, just from there mm-hmm. or someone who's not normally in the story it's like uh it's an episode of batman the animated series where they do a round table of enemies just talking about their yeah, experience yeah. with the batman it, it could be like that it's like each episode is a story that they're telling about their experience with the batman and, and i love that, that episode yeah that's a great episode it could actually be the first ever good superman game as well batman no but you could also make a Superman game using it. It would actually be good because you could override the whole he's invincible god mode, really. You could do that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Because it wouldn't matter if he's an invincible god mode man because, you know, you'd have the Clark Kent and Superman storylines. Yeah, they could have it so that, you know, you're trying yeah. to balance. With big characters like that, keeping them as, you know, secondary characters, you don't play as them in yeah. these Telltale games would make sense. Like with Doctor Who, I say you shouldn't play anyone established. You should play a companion you've never heard of, because at least then you know you can project your own personality into that, make your decisions based on that, and you, know, you just react to what the Doctor does. Just play K-9. Captain Dreg Harkness, man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then half the half the game would just be you having trans sex with anything. Yeah, you'd be trying. Yeah. <laughs> Like all your number one sour man. <laughs> Dialogue will be hello, shake yep. hands, hump. 
basically Dra- <laughs> Dragon Age or Mass Effect. <laughs> well, what was if they get Doctor Who? That's going to be their highest selling game ever. Yeah. It would work so well, I think. Easily, like Doctor Who is so massive at this point, it'll surpass anything they're doing right now. Mm. Yeah, because you know it's just not really had much talk about you know Game of Thrones. It's like which you know for its popularity, it's like and the fact that it's so close to the TV show in the way it does stuff. It's like surprising that it is more popular. Oh. What seasons does it take place in between? Uh, the end of three and beginning of four. So it, it's pretty much starts at the penultimate episode of season three, which I won't spoil, obviously, for people who haven't got that far. But yeah, a certain wedding takes place in the background of that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're on the outside of that castle when that happens, and it's that whole event kicks everything off for the people you're playing. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. It's just it tells a new story from the fallout of that. And it's like, but it expects yeah, you to I, I, know about Game of Thrones. Uh, that's the whole thing. It's like, if you didn't know about Game of Thrones and you played the game, you'd be left in the dark about so much because it just assumes you know. Yeah, I think I agree with you. If you linking it to the story that's already being told in the TV show, is kind of hurting it instead of going off and doing an original story yeah. set in the universe during the same time period. Yeah, just makes sense. It's like with The Walking Dead, they did that so well. They had characters from the comic books in there, but they gave you new people to play with, and it made more sense. You know, all the Telltale games are going to sell well anyway, just because they're all easy to platinum. (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's The Walking Dead Season 2, and they don't have one. Yeah, which is weird. It is weird. Uh, Let's go to our next review. Uh, Unmechanical Extended by John Paul Jones. Uh, He he gave a final word of an enjoyable and attractive, if only familiar, physics-based puzzler. Unmechanical Extended could just be uh, the ticket for a puzzler aficionados looking for a game to burn the hours away. Uh, We get a 7.5 one-button controls, make it easy to pick up. Uh, Presentation is haunting and atmospheric. Extra content introduces vanity. Uh, we dislike the fact that it doesn't really do anything new and the puzzles can sometimes be frustrating and tedious. Frankly, until I saw this review, I hadn't even heard of this game before. No, same really. Neither have I. Uh, so, there's not much we can say about this game because <laughs> it looks, if you like, like an puzzle games, puzzle. then yeah. 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 Basically. So, <laughs> I think we'll start wrapping this up soon. Uh, Neil? What games have you been playing this week? Ooh, a bit more Dying Light. And until I realised it was slightly futile to go on while the uh, trophies are still corrupted, thanks to some weird nonsense that Techland have done. So, you know, just as I was praising them last week for making a mostly not broken game, they've, <laughs> they've managed to screw up the trophies somehow. It's, uh, yeah. It's like, That's yeah, sad. It is sad. It's like... It's not even like a, a consistent thing. It's just, uh, some people these trophies won't unlock for, and other people these trophies won't unlock for. It's just because. And then they said, "Oh, yeah, we'll I, I looked at the trophy list for that game. I don't think I'm going to be platinuming that game." Oh, I, I, I pretty much would have, I think, by now, had it not been for that. It's like I think I'm seventy-one percent now. And I've played about fifty hours, which is ridiculous for me because you know, yeah, the game was huge, man. 
It is. Like, just, you know, when I got to that part in the game where you, you know, find out there's more to it, and you're like, oh, okay. So I, and I've, yeah. I've just clocked 25 hours plus, and it's like there's a whole other extra part of the game. It's You're only halfway done with the story. Yeah. Which, yeah, I kind of got because, you know, it's all the trailers and thought, hang on, that's, I haven't seen any of that yet. And it's like, so that's got to come up at some point. It's like, being as vague as I can. I just, as I just, when I was looking at the uh, Game of Thrones review, someone moaned that I'd spoiled uh, something, you know, despite it being the second episode. And you're reading it. It's, I still can't quite understand why someone would read this review for a second episode of something if they haven't played the second episode of something. There you go. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> what you've been playing. That was it, yeah, sorry. I got caught on a tangent there. That's uh, <laughs> one of my bugbears. <laughs> one of my problems. Uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Minecraft, yeah. I've been trying to build a big old castle. And then, I don't know, earlier I paused the game whilst I was underwater and forgot that being in online mode means you're not actually paused. So I drowned. Like and then respawned <laughs> back on the other side of the map and couldn't remember where I put my castle, so I spent a good hour looking around the entire map trying to find my castle. That's awesome. <laughs> it is. And then I just hold up in a cave and made a little cave building for a bit. It's like I don't think I've got one finished structure in that map. I think I've, every time I do it, I go somewhere else, forget where I left the other place, make a new place. I've just got all these little buildings dotted around, half finished. Yeah. And yeah, other than that, Rogue Legacy. Lots and lots of Rogue Legacy. It's just blooming awesome fun, that game. It is an awesome game. I mean, I even I accidentally cross saved my old data. So I, I got to like uh, level 32 on my character. And it, <laughs> cross, the cross save went back to level 11. And I thought, eh, yeah. And so I just restarted completely. And it all again it's like oh, it's just so fun it's like for the same reason spelunky was fun it just gives you that one more go i've got to have one more go and just see what i can do next it's a great cracking little game and i wish i played it last year now because that would have been high up on my list but i think yeah that's really it for me this week and gary what have you been playing this week i've also been playing dying light um I absolutely love that game. It's just too much fun at this it point. <laughs> um, oh, my my buddy and I were doing some co-op, and we made the mistake of getting stuck in a corner, <laughs> and we got attacked by the volatiles at night. <laughs> oh dear! And we actually killed about maybe seven, eight of them before they finally took us down, which yep. sucked because we had like. 12,000 12, or 15,000 points. Oh, I know. I hate I just kept teasing them one night and it's, it's like, no attack me, running away like that, killing one off and like that. And then, in my cockiness, I just fell off a roof and died, lost all my points. <laughs> it's like, it's like, damn it. And I was like 10 minutes away, I think, from it going to sunrise as well. So it was like doubly bad. <laughs> oh, that sucks. Yeah, um, I, there is one thing in that game that I found very interesting and something I never thought any developer would actually do. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but um, it involves children, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that was. I, I, I never thought any company would ever do that, but it was pretty interesting to see to see them do it. But um, other than that, I've 
kind of gone back and started playing some of my old PSP games on my Vita. Um, right now I'm playing a title called Crimson Gem Saga. Um, it was a game published by Atlas. It's it's actually a pretty fun game. Great voice acting, um, great sprite animations. But the game is just super difficult. Like, like the first dungeon you go into, you just get wrecked if you don't grind out like insane amounts of levels. But other than that, um, it, it's it's a pretty fun game. Uh, what else have I been playing? Um, I well, I tried to start Transistor, and didn't really work out for me there. And then I tried to start uh, Laura Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which started unlocking things in Transistor. <laughs> and I was like, screw this. And then I couldn't delete the game, and then my system crashed, and I had a hard reset. Uh, it was just a whole mess. Dang. Yeah, so, so Ben, don't try to delete Rogue Legacy until you delete. Delete Transistor first before you delete Rogue Legacy, or your system will just crash. It's not really painting a lovely picture of poor Transistor, is it? So... Yeah, I don't... <laughs> it's kind of sad that we ran into that issue with the same game. But... I know. Yeah, I finished uh, Shadow Warrior on the PS4. That is just a super fun game. Uh, it's a nice game to just pick up and go and just kill things with mm. cocky attitude from your character, you know? I miss those types of games. Yeah, they are like palette cleansers, games like that. Just go back. I found that with going back to Duke Nukem 3D earlier in the year. Just playing that again. It's just like, oh. Yeah, just like a quick pick up, pick up and play, you know, and just mm. have fun. Nothing That's to stress it. about. You know, no sneaking stealth missions that just get irritating. That's it. I think that's yeah, a large so. part of why I enjoy Road Legacy, as I said, with Spelunky as well. It's just those sort of games. You can do it for 10, 15 minutes a time, which usually yeah. tends to about 45 minutes an hour, and then before you know it. But it's, yeah, it's that pick up and play, one more go. Fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I really want to play Road Legacy again, but I put like almost 100 hours into that game on Steam, <laughs> and going back and doing it again is just going to drive me insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that yeah, that is a that's a fantastic indie title. One of the best indie titles, I think. Yeah, definitely. I'll say that. But um I th- actually think I think that's that's everything I've been playing. Oh cool. Well, I've been playing a bit of Pharmacy fourteen again. I got barred to fifty. So I've got another class at fifty now. Um, How many classes now? I think what's that? What uh Paladin? Five I think it is. Yeah, five. But I've got like three crafting classes and two gathering classes at fifty as well. (laughs) But crafting is a lot easier than people think. There's a system called Leave Quests where you get a certain amount per day. It stacks up to ninety nine leaves. If you trade in high quality items, you can pretty much get your crafting class from one to fifty in a day. Not even that. Couple Mm. of hours tops. So crafting classes are pretty easy to take up. Uh, apart from that, I've been playing uh, Warframe. Uh, they've added Tenno relays to Warframe. They added a load of stuff as well. Tenno relays are basically spots on the world map where you can meet up together. Uh, you know, so you don't have to just do chat. You can actually just go to a relay and you'll see people walking around. Uh, yeah, um, I can't cool. delete that game from my system. Why not? It, it literally won't let me delete it. Like, I try to, and he keeps giving me an error. And he just stays uh, there. I used to have that on my uh, PS3 with um, yeah. Pain. 
the but... areas, why are you deleting this amazing game? <laughs> Just corrupted. <laughs> well, I'm not playing it, and it's taking space on my system. <laughs> Get uh, out. I spent another £25 on it as well this week. Jesus, uh, Ben. You pretty much bought, like, three consoles by <laughs> microtransactions with that game. Nah. You fun. <laughs> you should be complaining to Square that they haven't funded a Final Fantasy VII remake properly now with the money you've given them. <laughs> oh, no, this is um, Warframe. It's done by Warframe, Digital sorry, Extremes. Yeah. Sorry, I thought we were still talking about Final Fantasy for a minute. <laughs> so. no, I've sp- I-, I still wish I could have bought that damn Founders pack. I'm still annoyed that it was never sold for PlayStation customers. It was, I think, £220 or $300. Whoosh. But for that 220 wow. quid, you got Excalibur Prime, a load of mods, Trinity, enough platinum to buy every item in the game at the time, of course, at launch. Um, 90 days of XP, 90 days of credits, blah, blah, blah. The actual company wrote you a letter delivered to your house. You got a T-shirt and your name would appear on one of the planets of your choice. And any time you entered an online match, the, the Lotus will actually mention the fact that you pet you're a grandmaster. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone will know that you you've bought that founders pack. <laughs> but of wow. course, they ended that a week before the PlayStation release. So PlayStation owners couldn't do it. Like, yay! Thank you, Digital Extremes. Don't you want my money? <laughs> <laughs> They've lost out on a profit margin there. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> ben would have bought like six of those. Yeah. <laughs> How much money he's already spent in that game. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, I think we're going to end up now. I want to give a shout out to everyone that's listening. Thank you for listening. Um, I want a big shout out to the people on Final Fantasy. I know there's a link show that said that the uh, friends said that they link- listened to us. So I want to say thank you Sweet. to your friends. They're awesome. Um, uh, anyone got any shout-outs, Gary? Uh, no, no shout-outs for me. Oh, except for the listeners. Thanks for listening and putting up with us yeah. every week. Uh, Neil, <laughs> have you got any shout-outs? Yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, so I would, you know, It's nice that you haven't run off having to hear me nearly every week now. <laughs> so... Yeah, You're all good. these English guys, man. Sheesh. Yeah. You... <laughs> You're good people, people. British invasion over here. That's it. Neil, how can these good people, people stalk you? These good people, people can stalk me on Twitter at Nezko. That's N-E-Z-Z-K-O. They can stalk me on the old PSN, on Son of Venom, or lowercase. And uh, they could on PSU.com as well. If uh, It's uh, neil.bolt at PSU.com. And Gary, how can these people people stalk you they can stalk me um on twitter at gaglaush that's g-a-g-l-a-u-s-h or you can email me on my psu email that's gary that's g-a-r-r-i at psu.com uh you can stalk me at chili underscore uk on twitter chili on psn chili on neogav chili on psu ben.chilabithall at psu.com oh actually reminds me before we go we actually got an email earlier this week as well. Um, while I'm doing that, I'll just ramble on a bit. So you, that sounds like I'm actually thinking about stuff when actually I'm just rambling. <laughs> there we go. Um, Alfonso Boxhill, our greatest fan in the world, sent us an email. Uh, 
I haven't forgot about you guys. I still listen as a loyal fan. I still write emails, but I guess you guys didn't get it. No, it's been a while actually since we got emails from you. Yeah, I haven't seen an email for months. Uh, he has a question for me. Um, am I getting Dragon Ball Z Xenoverse? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, in fact, I'm hopefully going to be doing a review for it for PSU. I'll also be streaming it if we get if I get early enough. I'll also be buying it as well on top of getting a review copy because it is Dragon Ball. Are you buying the company, Ben? <laughs> ben is buying every version of that game that's coming out. He's buying the Japanese version, the UK one, the US one, all did. the collector's editions of the version too. No, he's yeah, even going to buy us the entire season of Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> and the source code. There you go. And have they he's going to fly over to Namco Bandai and just steal everything. <laughs> and we have a pile of cash. <laughs> Chili was here. Thanks for the merchandise. Big pile of cash. <laughs> we have to change our name again to Bandai Namco Chili. <laughs> you, you, like, buy their, you buy their company with their own money. <laughs> That's called... fine. As long as they stop making god awful Pac Man games. But... It'll be called, it'll be called Chill Bandai Namco. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also, have they set a release date for the Naruto, Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 4? No, they haven't, but I expect a September release date because that's about when they'd release them anyway. Mm, looks pretty. It looks very pretty, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, um, I think, can I just say something really fast? I think they need to let CyberConnect 2 make a DBZ game. That'd be cool. Well, this is their last Naruto game. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that with a straight face. Uh, they say this is their last one, but they expect expect one next. Expect Boruto next year. Because <laughs> yeah. that is spoiler. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Well, the manga ended last year, didn't it? Anyway, so. so, so yeah, it's like, not not spoiler for me. I don't watch this. <laughs> but... uh, Naruto's son is called Boruto. Ah, oh, there you go. Now you spoil it. That's absolutely <laughs> dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Boruto not as as... with a B. <laughs> yeah. Like a burrito? Yeah, yeah just like a burrito. <laughs> it's not as bad as Sakura's um, daughter. What's that? Saki? Sarada. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me why I don't watch that anime. <laughs> well, it's over now anyway, the manga. Uh, it's finished. It's about time. No, they don't expect it to be finished forever. There's going to be a mini-series this year based off Boruto. Oh. <laughs> or... The other, the actual original, the actual proper English name, which is called Bolt. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, you're in a you're in a mango, Neil. Uh, uh, you know, years ago there was almost nothing that had my name to it. Now there's <laughs> been a hit Disney animation. There's been a Sprinter, and now an anime, uh, an anime. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. And me, I'm of course. With Bolt soon. <laughs> <laughs> Steady. Anyway, so yeah, there's no release date for the new Ruta game, but I expect it around September, and I expect another one next year, based on Boruto. (laughs) Well, probably not from CyberConnect. Probably from the makers of Cooking Mama or something. (laughs) CyberConnect needs to go and do some more dot hack. That'd be good. Hell, I'd be happy with... Didn't they make Asura's Wrath? Yeah, that's like the closest game to Dragon Ball you'll ever get. That is that is almost Dragon Ball, yeah. Yeah, that, that pretty much is. 
that's a copyright infringement away from being Dragon Ball. <laughs> I mean, it's based on the same story of Goku, anyway. Yeah, yeah. effectively. Isn't it? I love that game. That was a great game. That was great fun. Just it treated it exactly how it should be. Yeah, I never thought I'd see somebody more angry than Kratos. Yeah. Until I saw I know, him. So I just someone angrier than Kratos that would punch things bigger than anything Kratos has ever punched. Yeah. <laughs> Very I say about Dragon game. Ball Z games, but I must admit, Xenoverse looks really good. I do, I, I do yeah. recommend looking into it. Well, I might well do. I mean, you can. Make I just, I miss the big flashy cutscene moves that they had in Budokai yeah. Three. Yeah, I wish they had that. In I Super. really miss those, because that's what Dra Dragon Ball Z was. Or they did a move that took like seven minutes of screen time. <laughs> <laughs> so I come back tomorrow, and then we can do the rest of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I, 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 I'll carry on. No, I was just going to say, not like, you know, Goku does Kamehameha and it's just like some basic laser beam attack. I want to see an epic Kamehameha. Oh, yeah. With a cutscene where you see, like, the other half of the planet exploding for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've decided I'm going to make my main character, Margin. I'm going to be a, a fat guy. Because you can have... Oh, yeah. You can have all different... You can pick from the different races for your character creation. you got Margin... Saiyan, Namekian, Freezers, and Human. Hmm. For some reason, they're just called the Freezer race. They never gave an actual race. The Freezer race. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of race is that? There's mortal enemies of the Freezer race. Don't want to spread into the microwave. So I think we should end it here with Freezer's race. <laughs> Uh, thanks to everyone that's been listening. Uh, thank you again, Alfonso, for being awesome. You're amazing. And so is everyone else that listens. You, you should remember to email us sometime at podcast.psu.com. We always listen, we always read, and we always watch. That's quite scary, but still. <laughs> um, thank you for listening. And I think we've got to be thankful for our guests. Thank you for joining us. And I think we've got to thank 